You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Chris, I'm hosting tonight. Yes, I'm back after about a month off. Uh, and tonight I'm joined by John. How are you doing? I know, bad. How are you? Ah, oh, well, we've had, uh, we've had an interesting uh, hour or so trying to get my laptop working. <laughs> so it's, there uh, nearly wasn't a podcast, but I think we've managed to get something going here. So fingers crossed, my setup holds up. Maybe buying a new laptop. I think I'll water the one. Uh, but enough of my woes. <laughs> um, speaking of money. Back with a bang. Oh, no, I'm back with a bang. Uh, I think bang with my laptop. <laughs> enough of my woes. Let's move on. Let's talk about the good bit of, uh, when it comes to money. We've got another charity bet one. Uh, last week's guest uh, making his debut appearance, Aiden, came up with a winner. Because the first goal scorer and the uh, Alloa game was indeed Ian Flanagan. Uh, we have uh, tweeted the bookie to find out what the odds were because we forgot to do it last week. But uh, we should hopefully get here from back from them. If not during this podcast recording, then uh, some point in the next few days. So that should be an extra bit of money into the kitty. Unfortunately, the treble didn't come in. Um, we were once again done out of it by uh, Mr. Goodwillie of Clyde, who got a late equaliser. Uh, so we were about two minutes away from winning uh, a double for the uh, Aiden's debut, but uh, it wasn't to be. Yeah. Well, the white ass, have just tweeted back 14 to 1. Oh, was it? <laughs> Apparently, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, um, so... That's 140 quid. <laughs> well, so not only if it went above the 200 pound mark, when it above the 300 pound mark. Indeed we are, so uh, thank you Aidan <laughs> Yeah, well done We can let you off with the Sterling Albion tip Although, to be fair, that's the Sterling Albion player's mistake um, For conceding yeah. that penalty That would have been a lovely table That would have been, I think that was coming in at nearly uh, Somewhere between 79 and 100 quid I can't remember I need to listen oh, back to last so week's show fantastic. I don't know, but we'll take it That's the good news, it's become great news <laughs> So, um, and though no, the charity doesn't the mean you're getting a laptop out it. No, no, they're not putting 140 quid to my, my new laptop, unfortunately. <laughs> I need to find out, I need to find that kind of money myself. <laughs> but, uh, aye, that, unfortunately, that's probably the last of the good news because now we need to talk about Scotland because that's all there has been this week. Yeah. And there's actually been the Iron Brew Cup as well, um, which Inverness set a new clean sheet record at the weekend in their game against Falkirk. Congratulations to them for that. Um, that's about all I know about the, the Iron Brew Cup, unfortunately. I know uh, the draw was made earlier today, and Inverness are at home to Crusaders, and the, the New Saints are away. Uh, sorry, the New Saints are hosting Dumbarton. So that's our semi final lineup. Uh, there's a, a 50 50 chance that that cup's going to be leaving Scotland. Yeah, that's a big possibility. The odds suggest either Crusaders or the New Saints are going to win. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, when you consider that it's not the strongest teams in the championship, that are uh, the opposition. There's a good possibility it could be a fight, a final without Scottish representation of their own tournament. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So it would be um, well, I'd definitely played the final in Scotland then, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd definitely see what they did that in Scotland, wouldn't it? Yeah. I would hope um, they did play it in Scotland because it's a Scottish Challenge Cup. I think they would do. I mean, where they play, cause it's a team from Northern Ireland and a team from Wales. Um, so, I don't know. It was at far part of last season between Dundee United and St. Martin, so maybe somewhere like that this time. But, yeah, um, still get three months to that semi-final. So, good luck to the four teams when it comes round. Yep. So, yeah, um, as I said, we, uh, we also had a, a Scotland friendly on Thursday night last week. Uh, against the Dutch and uh, ruined our uh, unbeaten record of 2017 because we lost 1-0 thanks to um, a solitary goal by what's his name again? Depay Depay yeah the um, Mince Pie Scottish Pie <laughs> do like a good pie in this uh, this podcast but I'm not sure Depay's what I might be talking about <laughs> yeah he's a very expensive Depay because he cost uh, 30 million for Man United and they <laughs> He was about as mince as a mince pie. <laughs> but let's get the pie chat out of the way. Um, I thought... To be honest, I, I'll talk about the pie chat because I don't have much to say about this game. I thought Kieran Dearney did well at centre-half. It was good to see him captain in his country for the first time. And apart from that, I learned absolutely nothing else about that game. <laughs> well, we learned a couple of things. First of all... Um, you know, he gave a few debuts, which was good. Um, Brian Christie, um, yeah. getting his debut was, was good, and I thought he did all right. Um, a few nice... I thought he didn't out, but then he's playing the wing, and we've discovered that his best position's um, in the whole number 10 position. Um, we learned that Matt Phelps is not a striker. <laughs> and Definitely I don't know not. why... I don't know why um, McKay didn't bring in Cummins a lot earlier and gave him only four minutes. Um, and he looked more dangerous in the four minutes than Matt Phillips did as a striker in '86. Before that, um, you know, I don't. And he played Ryan Jacket right back, which I thought it's not his. It's not his position, but um, he did okay. He did all right. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think it was too bad. I mean, never get sent off. That's a bonus. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, who else made that debut? Although it'd have been the Sunday to have been sent off. We all know that. So yeah, he doesn't stay sent off. <laughs> <laughs> um, who was the third debutant? Because um, I know Cummins came off McGregor. the bench. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he had a he good ball. But... Well, I mean, mm-hmm. he's unfortunate that he lost the possession and that that's what led to the goal. But um, there was certainly a shot ahead in the second half which caused all sorts of problems. Their keeper was honking. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Didn't really test a back four or not. I mean, we played well, we created a couple of little opportunities but um, certainly should have got something out of, the, um, out of the game in terms of a draw or a victory but um, we didn't quite do enough but there was two other positives um, there should be at least two other debutants Graham Shinney should definitely have come on for Kenny McLean at some point in the game I don't know why Shinney was left in the bench the whole match but more glaringly um, what was the purpose in bringing on Charlie Mulgrew for Christoph Berra we know what Mulgrew can do um, this was a time to test out uh, either Liam Cooper or Paul Hanlon see if they can handle um, the step up to international level because yeah. that's what friendlies are essentially for I get that you need to have a mixture of some um, first team regulars in there but you know I think there was just no point in Chandler Mulgrew playing that game for me um, and then another cap win no we need to be trying 
new centre halves. That is the one position we certainly need to be trying. So I was very disappointed with Mackay for the um, with that. But I know you had <laughs> um, you said it was not a worthwhile friendly. I think it was to no, a degree. I, I, I get your point. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a major problem with the idea of playing a meaningless friendly against another team that hasn't hasn't gone to the World Cup um, in the middle of a week. I'm fair play to the fans that did turn out for it because we got a fairly decent turnout if we thought it was in a game where we don't even have the permanent manager and it was stated pre- prior to the game that he was not being considered for the role so it doesn't matter what Malky McKay tries in this game whoever the new guy is and we're hearing what, as we're recording tonight that uh, the SFA apparently want to get Michael O'Neill the current Northern Ireland manager um, I'm Whoever that, man, whoever that man ends up being is going to want to try his own things he's going to try his own players he's going to have an extended period to do it because I don't think we have a proper game again until about September next year uh, when the, the Nations Cup starts up I think. Yeah. yeah they'll be friendly so, in, in March and friendly at the end of the season um, probably yeah but do you three. imagine those ones are going to be the ones when the new guy tries out what he wants to try out so mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm I'm glad that we got to see things like Tierney playing centre half instead of left back or right back because he's been playing for Scotland. Um, because I think that showed what Kieran Tierney can do. But I knew he could do that for his time at Celtic. In fact, you can see that about most of the the players. It was, I, I didn't learn anything that I didn't already know. Mm-hmm. And if you're the new guy that's coming into that role, you're in exactly the same position as I am. You're watching it as a hopefully as a fan. <laughs> um, but you're, watching, you're just watching the game on the telly then you're going to be watching a, a playback mm-hmm. so uh, Malcolm McKay's the one that can influence it but he's not going to be influencing it beyond that single game so it's just it's uh, as far as matches of football go I can't think of a, another setup that is more pointless than that game on Thursday night yeah, I can understand that um, but with regards to Malcolm McKay he sounded somewhat surprised that he wasn't in the running um, do you think he was using this as a opportunity to put his name back out and say I want to get back into club football possibly I think I'm not I know he's obviously got that rules of whatever it is he is if he had a technical director or some some sort of development person he's supposed to be making what is that project brave or whatever as he's trying to implement in the moment yeah. but um I, I don't know if he wants to get back into proper management or if he he genuinely thought he had a chance of getting the, the Scotland job. Yeah. Maybe that was something he'd, he'd quite want to do. It was a comment that he'd made, um, you know, of managing the Premier League. You know, he got that quote out there, you know, as if to remind people, yeah, I'm still available. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm just being a bit cynical. I mean, he's obviously got an important job um, as technical director um, or performance director, whatever the title is. And, Probably does sound quite into what he's doing, but at the end of the day, this is a guy that will want, if he gets offered the chance to go back at club manager at some point, he'll he'll jump. Um, he's got a big he's got a big reputation to obviously repair and maybe working behind the scenes with SFA is the best thing for him just now. Yeah, and I, th- I would imagine 
if you're Stuart Regan, that's the position you want him to be in. Is, is that performance director or whatever, is that role's called? Yeah. So he, that's probably encouraging him not to take the Scotland job. Yeah. Well, to be fair to Regan, you know, he said pretty much from the minute he let Strachan go that Malcolm Mackay was only in for one game. And I think the only person that didn't think Malcolm Mackay was only in for one game was Malcolm Mackay. Um, I know he made some somebody saying I've got a, a big job to do, but I think he was earing towards thinking I would like this on a permanent basis if I was offered, but it was never a contender for it. The one game was enough. Um, and yeah. if it's true that the SFA have made Michael O'Neill their top priority, I hope they get him. Um, I think his record with Northern Ireland is, is fantastic. He's taken them in a six-year period from 129th in the world to the top 20. Um, he's apart, he can argue that he's inherited a, a centre-half pay and, and Stephen Davis from you know, Premier League he's been lucky in that respect but you've still got to work with that and he's still got he started to work with players from mainly English Championship Scottish Premiership English League 1 and made them in a decent international side got to year of 2016 um, comfortably comfortably qualified for playoffs and were a dodgy penalty potential away from qualifying for this year's World Cup you know doing that with a team like Northern Ireland I think that's uh, that's tremendous and um, yeah I think Scotland should go all out and try and get him. That's my number one candidate. Yeah, uh, ultimately, the, for me, the Scotland job is about two important things. It's one, picking the best players you've got available, and two, getting the best of those players. Now, I think the first part is where Strachan failed. He had a nasty habit of picking his favourites as opposed to the best players available. Um, but give him his credit, he did a very good job at getting the best out of what he had. So once he'd picked not quite the right players, he still got a good uh, run at them. Um, on, on the occasions that he did pick the ones, they played well. And what, certainly the mess of the last campaign in the first three or four games almost managed to get put back in, on track. It just fell away at the, right at the end. So, um, And even the, the, the previous campaign, it was it was pretty good other than that Georgia game. Um, but we've spoken about that as podcast before the number of times you can pinpoint that one game where we should have done better mm-hmm. um, well, again, it wasn't just that one game there's always a number but you can pinpoint one where you go if we'd just done that one better probably would have been qualifying for something at least to play off again and that's when it was a Lithuania game had we drawn one actually had drawn it would have been in the the, the playoff that were taking place over the last few days yeah yeah, yeah. quite possibly so, so whoever that new guy is, as long as they pick the right players and get the best out of them, that's all I'm asking. Now, yeah, I, I think... know we struggle for things. There, there isn't much to pick at centre-back, so if Kieran Tierney's an option, I'm starting to think it might be good, because if, if we can get a right-back for somewhere, we've already got Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson's a great choice for left-back. I think I would well, rather have Kieran Tierney at centre-back than at right-back. I would certainly have him at centre-back over um, right-back. He just doesn't look comfortable playing at right back because he just wants to cut it on his left foot all the time at least at left centre back he'll still he can bring the ball out if need be um, it's a good option to have right back well Cam Patterson's um, you know getting back to fitness so there's your number one option yeah. Ralston's development is going to be interesting although it's going to be difficult from getting Mikhail Lustig one of the most underrated players on the Celtic team probably doesn't get the um, credit he deserves to be honest because of Kieran Tierney um, yeah, well, he's proven again. It's, it's probably worth noting that, <laughs> yeah, but it's probably worth noting that because 
Yes, I mean, Sweden have got a bit of a World Cup, so when it comes to the, the, the next European qualifying campaign for Celtic, he might be unavailable. So it might be Ralston that plays in that. Certainly we've, we've played Ralston in, in the likes of play against PSG. as a, a perfect example of where Ralston had to come in and play. So um, it's not that he hasn't already had experience. I'd imagine he'll continue to get experience as the, the season progresses under Celtic, or under Brendan Rodgers at Celtic as well. So... Personally, I would be delighted to see Ralston in that, in that pick. But as you mentioned, Cal Parsons another another obvious choice if he can get back to fitness and get back to the form he had before he got injured. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah. the several options there, they're just looking for somebody else to play alongside Tierney. Yeah. The other, maybe, um, Mulgrew, maybe it's better. Yeah. yeah, it could well be one yeah, of these to come across. Yeah, exactly. That's the worry. But um, you know, Liam Lindsay's been doing pretty well with Barnsley. He's been playing week in, week out. So that I think he's someone that could come into four at some point. Um Cooper's been doing well with Leeds this season, captain Leeds side. Um hopefully these yeah. types of guys that will get um capped. But and that's where Anil would come in for me, is because he's shown with Northern Ireland that you know, he can make some he's not afraid to pick guys um, you know, from Scottish Premiership. I mean Euro 2016, his best player was the Hamilton goalkeeper, Michael McGovern, or then Hamilton goalkeeper. Yeah. You know, so it just shows that yeah, you exactly. know, it doesn't necessarily matter the level you play. If you're still playing a decent enough level, you can do well at a national level. I mean, Italy in the World Cup in 1990, their top goal scorer was a guy that was playing Serie B. So it just shows you what can happen. Although I'm not saying that we're going to have a Scalacci from somewhere, but. You just never know what can be brought out. <laughs> so that was just a throwback to my first. Yeah, there was my. That's just a throwback to my first World Cup. It's probably the standout. <laughs> a, man, a man whose name was probably unheard of before the ninety World Cup and was never heard of again afterwards either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know but it's like only like before. Oh, because uh, he was it five goals he got or something. Yeah, uh, five goals. Yeah, five goals in one game against. Yeah, five goals in one game against Cameroon. His team still get knocked out. Things World Cups are made of. Shame we won't be there. But hopefully, yeah. If it's good, if it's good enough for the Italians to miss out, it's good enough for us. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Don't worry. Got to Russia anyway. But. Yeah. I don't I don't know why I go to Qatar either. But uh twenty twenty two, never know. <laughs> maybe next time. So fed up saying maybe next time. But yeah, maybe we should move on and, and put uh, international football back in its box till the, the new year when we come back to the friendly. And we can move on to the, the action of the the weekend coming up because we have a full premiership fixture card. We also have the Scottish Cup. That's starting up this weekend, I think. Isn't it? No, it's not even starting up, it's the third round, isn't it? It's the third round, yeah. This is the round before the big guns come in because, well, the championship sides out with the last season's top four, the championship um, are in it this, um, are in this weekend. So, yeah. Um, can't really remember much of the fixtures that stood out. Yeah, so you've got, for instance, Odin Thistle, Hutchies and Vale. That famous name, <laughs> our, our hosting St Murn, as you say. So that's one of the, the teams there. But yeah, I mean, it's like Spartans and Fraserburgh means there's somebody that's non league is going to be in the fourth round. Yeah. Which is good to see. A couple of potential shots could be East Kilbride at home at Albion Overs. Um, 
and Bucky yeah. Thistle at home to Brecon are possible banana skins for the league sides. Yeah, yeah I, I, that. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking a bit. Former team against Forfars, another possibility. Forfars have been struggling, so never yeah, know. It'd yeah. be nice to see a couple of wee shocks. Um, Although Clyde, I'll mention them quite like um, they've appointed Danny Lennon. I think that's a very that's good appointment. That's a great signing. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant for them. I like Danny Lennon. Uh, obviously, he did well with, with St. Martin one of the league cup a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was given the boots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it took two and a half years so they got Jack Ross in to get things better. Absolutely, that was up. It's uh, like the like, he, he seemed to get like he seemed to be treated as if he had he couldn't quite take them at the top six, and therefore he probably take them as far as he could. And yet, really, some of them were punching above the weight to some extent, because as you say, they, they were in a free fall, and it's taken the rest to recover. Uh, and speaking so of yeah, people, uh, uh, so I was just going to say, well, speaking about people going above their weight, um, Gary Bullens um, landed a new job with Cowden Beath. Yes, indeed he has. <laughs> so it was a bit harsh, um, but it might be a good yeah, point for Cowden Beath. That's a club in free fall just now. Yeah, they, were, they, were, they narrowly avoided going out of the league entirely last season in the, the playoff. So uh, it means to be seen if Gary Bowen can turn that around. Uh, the, I suppose the, the other news is, or the, the lack of news, is um, there's still no manager at Ibrox. Yeah, and today we've had the latest... It's all, it's all very quiet. Well, today the latest of the um, in a row roulette um, came out so saying Derek McInnes for the job. I just think that's what the media's playing out just now. Which in a row slash Dick Advocat um, Rangers player is going to come out and say McInnes for the job tomorrow? Is it going to be someone like Gordon Petrich next or <laughs> Darius Adamchuk? Yeah. But do you know something? I'm going to make. It's a, when you go, sorry. No, I'm just saying it has been a daily onslaught of people trying to champion Derek McInnes going to the Rangers. It's yeah. completely disrespectful. It's, uh, mm-hmm. If it was Rangers doing this, it would be tapping up. Uh, although there's only one team ever been fined for tapping up a manager, and it was Celtic when they got Tommy Burns. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never been mentioned before or since, even though it's been obvious tapping up over the years. Um, but yeah, it's it, it, it seems like the media campaign is to get McInnes for Ibrox, um, yeah. and I'm not entirely convinced it's going to happen. Because I well, don't think they can afford to get him. Well, I'm going to make this prediction. Um, if McInnes isn't appointed before this weekend, I don't think it will happen, because the next two games that Rangers and Aberdeen have are against each other. One's a rearranged... Yes. Game from the League Cup semi-final weekend at Ibrox. I think that's the 29th of November. Um, and then on the 3rd of December, the Sunday, um, they're playing at Pataudry. Um And I cannot, for the life of me, seeing McInnes leaving Aberdeen to then go manage directly against his first two games at Rangers. I think he's no, got too much respect for the club. For, um, I think he's got far too much respect for us to do that. But if I'm yeah. if I'm wrong, so, I'll obviously come out and say so. Yeah, there's this weekend and next weekend. So there's there's a mother home game and then a way to come on and then it's a double header against Rangers. 
is the first one you've come on it. So I, f- I forgot we had a game, but I know yeah. Rangers the next two games against us. So. Oh, is that what I care? Because the, the Kamarnock game is the weekend of the Betfred Cup final. Yeah, that's the same day as the Betfred Cup final because we're playing at lunchtime kickoff. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> yeah, because Sky's showing that, but BT's got the League oh, Cup final. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, let's, let's not jump that far, <laughs> let's get uh, Let's get back to this weekend. So, we don't think Rangers are going to have a manager in place for this weekend coming in their home game against Hamilton. That seems to be the understanding. Unless things change, it's only Tuesday. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I doubt it's going to be McInnes, if it is. I, I don't think they'll get McInnes at all. I think they'll go for somebody else. I, obviously, they'll. The chat is like, I mean, one of the things I read the suggestion there was Michael O'Neill on um, Scott's blog, the the footyblog.net. Scott was writing about that. I don't know if that's wishful thinking or yeah. if he actually has an idea that maybe that's something they'll go for. I don't know if Rangers would go for him, to be honest, but Rangers need to. I know they're saying they're wanting to take their time and do their due diligence, so to speak, because they got the last appointment horribly wrong. Um, they really need to get yeah. this one right, um, but that's been three weeks. Let's not really, forget that wasn't. Yeah, let's not forget that getting Cassini in the first place took a while because Murray was in charge for weeks, and it looks like he's going to be in charge for weeks again. Certainly think... going to be in charge for the Hamilton game. In fact, it would be ironic that if uh, Rangers win this game, they'll have one three in a row under Murray. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which Cassini couldn't do I mean there, there, there has been suggestions you should just give it to Murray now I don't think they will I don't think they can I don't think the Rangers fans would stand for just giving it to Murray even though Murray's proven himself to be a reasonably decent coach whether he's whether he'd want the job full time he seems to suggest he might whether they think he's got up to it is a different question yeah I think um, I don't see Murray getting it full time um, but Going back to your point about them taking four weeks to get Cassini in, I think part of the reason for that as well was they were hoping to have a director of football in before that appointment. And the director of football came a good few months after. In fact, Mark Allen came in after, um, midway through July. And Cassini had already yeah. spunked um, you know, the transfer the transfer kitty on some of these foreign duds who just have not set the ground um, set the head on fire at all. Um, so whoever's coming in let's get that to to work with um, although Marty's been doing alright so far um, two wins two games two wins and they've scored six goals only conceded one so yeah things are looking up from them and I think this weekend they've got a nice nice wee fixture um, so well, if they win that he puts himself yeah if they if they win that then Marty's certainly put himself in the frame Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. We'll, I'm sure we'll have a manager in place at uh, Ivorox sooner rather than later. But um, we'll talk about it in the podcast when it happens. <laughs> but in the meantime, there are uh, there's a full fix, as I said earlier, there's a full fix of card in uh, the Premiership, uh, and we may as well start off with a lunchtime Saturday kickoff up in Dingwall Celtic, looking to go for the 64th game unbeaten, having beaten the record against uh, St Johnston on the weekend. I never got a chance to talk about it because I wasn't going, but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's an impressive record to say the least. Um, yeah. Obviously, domestic record, and I don't blog about uh, what, what the other sort of 
targets. Um, I, I, I roughly reckon that it would be like Christmas next year for them to catch Stoyer Bucharest 119. <laughs> that was the kind of highlight of my blog. <laughs> so you need to go on a full calendar year and a bit more to get anywhere near that. That's how big an ask it would be to catch up. Um, they actually have to get into New Year to beat Wally Mealy's 62 league game unbeaten record as well. Which is another big ass because December is another mental month for Celtic when they've got about nine games, including yeah. the, the, the crucial game at home at Anderlecht in the Champions League. Yeah, but let's be honest, you've got the squad to do it. I mean, you'll be able to rest players. I mean, you've yeah. been doing it all season. And the only thing that's, I think, I still think the only thing that will stop Celtic beating um, their, going to another season undefeated is themselves. They have been complacent a couple of games, though. So, I mean, they, there is hope for the other teams. I think Celtic's going to find it difficult. I mean, last season, I know they won the first game 4-0, but that was quite close until late on, if I remember. And you drew two each in yeah. April against them, although that was um, the Alex Shout dive game. Um, and Ross County yeah. started life under Kyle pretty well. Um, but I still think Absolutely. Celtic will yeah. do enough. Um, going to go... I'll go to win Celtic. Yeah, I, I mean, as you say, the, the Ross County 4-0 game up there, it was 1-0 for an awful long time, and I'm fairly sure at some point they had a post and it came back out. Um, so uh, the Ross County were really unlucky that night, and then went Celtic made a few subs and just finished the game off in the last sort of, 10 minutes or so. So, uh, I mean, on another night, that could have been a different story. But, um, yeah, that is the first visit up there since Alex Yelp dive. <laughs> um, so... He's still there. <laughs> he might still dive again. Um, whether he'll get away with it again this time, I don't know. I think but, he's uh, learned his lesson. Is, I, I, yeah, I, I reckon Celtic are better on the road. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's one eye in the PSG away game enough, but then why should we have one eye in the PSG game? Because that's probably the scariest prospect Celtic have at the moment. It's having to go and play the team that gubbed on 5 at Celtic Park <laughs> and put in Paris this thing. Um, so, I mean, I would be concentrating on this game and not even worrying about that. Uh, so, I think I will go 3 1 Celtic. And the odds are 21 to 2 if you fancy Ross County to win and end that unbeaten record. 11 to 2 to draw, and it's 1 to 5 Celtic to win. So, we'll not even bother about this one in the charity. But, uh, the 3 o'clock games is 4 of them because uh, the other game is the Sibs and Hearts have been at home together again. So, we'll start off with Dundee and Kilmarnock. Okay. Um, yeah, Dundee being a bit of free fall, come out started well under Steve Clark. Come on, a better away from home. Um, I'm going to go um, two one. Come on, yeah. Dundee seem to have a lot of no work whatsoever, um, and Neil McCann has been raging of decisions lately as well, which seems like a man under pressure. Um, don't sack him, though. Keep him there. Yeah, I was going to say um, it is a lot of resistance for me not to write a blog just now. For your sake, I'm holding off. <laughs> you know what? See if Neil McCann gets the sack from Dundee, I'll be delighted. I won't when it happens, but I would rather he was, like got the sack after like, Dundee was relegated or something. Somebody had an absolute nightmare blight on his record. That would be the ideal. Um, and to be honest. Not entirely convinced Dundee United are going to come up, so we might get a Dundee Derby in the Championship if that happens. 
Um, although, that's one we didn't mention. Shabba Lazlo. That was an interesting signing. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, it's a very good appointment. Um, I know they got off to a bad start at the weekend, but seemingly the rest is half their team. Um, but yeah, th- he did he did all right when he was in Scotland. I mean, first first year they were excellent. Hearts did very well, hard to beat. Um, finished third in the league. Second season they struggled a bit, and he was sacked, and uh, Jim Jeffries took over. But um, no, I th- interesting character. Um, I think he'll. Think he'll do well with Dundee United. It's weird because when they sacked uh, Ray McKinnon, they then went two games and go level on points to St. Yeah, and there was only he's, two he's, points separating the top any. five. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an amazingly tight league at the moment. The championship. Um, so yeah, it's like uh, uh, Dundee United have had a chance of coming up this season, um, and I'm sure most of Scottish football would want Dundee United to come up because they're one of the bigger clubs. They're an attraction that can show off their league, market it better. Um, the Bellers don't want Dundee United at all, probably Dundee being one of them. Um, I'm sure a few Ibrox would be quite happy to see Dundee United continue to be in the World League. But um, yeah, I mean, they've got their, their game against Falkirk in the Championship um, on Sunday as well. So um, that should be an interesting game. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to tell, but. No, I think, it's, I think it's because Dundee are at home. Um, Dundee and yeah. must be sure to be at home. So I think that's what it is. Um, and Dundee being the Premier League team get the prior to the Saturday games. But uh, I th- Dun- you mentioned you don't think Dundee fans would want them to come up. I think deep down they probably would because they miss that derby, especially on the top flight. And you're talking about marketing Scottish football. You know, the Dundee derby back in the top flight would be good. So, um, but at um, least he's Dundee got there for obvious reasons. Well, let's face it: if you're a Dundee fan and you're not getting your derby because your team's in the top flight and the others aren't, that's that's good bragging rights. Especially the fact they also played in the the Betfred Cup earlier this season and then beat them in the knockout one. Well, yeah, that's true. So yeah, getting back to the point. Um, did you do a correction with Dundee Kilmarnock? You did, didn't you? I said two, I said two one Kilmarnock. It was me, I hadn't done a correction, that's what I was saying. So, um, I'm kind of inclined to go with you, actually, because I think Kilmarnock, under... Um, Steve Clark. I've got his name, suddenly. It's, yep, Steve Clark. That's his name. I'm thinking Steve, 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 is there somewhere? No, mind the one point. But yeah, they've started well on their hand. Another great signing. Delighted to see him. Um, another man up talk about Scottish football. And another big name from down south, which is good. The more the merrier. Um, so yeah, I think Kamarnock. Oddly, Kamarnock were still favourites to get relegated with Bookie just after they brought him in and they'd got the two draws at Ibrox and Celtic Park. <laughs> that was bizarre. Because I think they were, they'll, they'll come out of there, no problem. Yeah, um, I think so. so. Yeah, 2 1 sounds a good bet for me, um, especially given Kamarnock are 9 to 5. That might be one to consider for the charity, but uh, if you think Dundee won at 75 and it's 23 to 10 the draw. So, continuing on in the three o'clock games, next we've got Hibernian versus St Johnson. And St Johnson haven't scored in about three years now. <laughs> yeah, 456 minutes to be precise. Um, oh, you've got a start, there we go. Yes, um, I think that start will continue. By another 90 minutes, um, I just think they're so low in confidence. And Hibs, you know, recently they've only conceded one goal in four winning games, and I think they'll make it 
five winning games in the bounce without conceding, and I'm going to go 2 0. Yeah, I think Hibs must be due to ship a goal now. Because they did it certainly early in the season when they were just shipping goals to Flynn. It was like Will Lennon was being a joke at, at times. Um, and St Johnson must be due a goal at some point, surely. I mean, I think they've probably had a bit of time to get a and back to fitness. Um, he was the man that was getting the goals and was creating them earlier in the season as well. So I think, I mean, I reckon Hibs will win um, and they'll 3-5 to do so. But I think it'll be some 3-1 abs or something. Um, so, uh, 3-5 abs, 14-5 draw, 22-5 St. Johnson to win. Um, next up is Rangers at home to Hamilton. I can't see another than a convincing Rangers victory. I know Hamilton have played well the last couple of games. Um, five points at the last um, three matches, which is a pretty good return. But I think Rangers will be far too strong for them. I'm going to go 3-0 Rangers. Yeah, I think Murray's got them ticking over nicely. Um, and although Hamilton are, are a bit they are a, a tricky side to play, as uh, you obviously know. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. From the, the, the rest of the fight stuff. Um, I, I, I agree. I think Rangers will probably see this out reasonably well. Um, I'm obviously 3-1. No, start Hamilton won't score, but yeah, three one. Uh, it's one to three Rangers to win this game. Four to one to draw and seven to one if you fancy Hamilton to get a shot win. Um, and then uh, the other three o'clock game, which I don't know why they've ordered it this week because normally I'd go with Alfred Quarter, but uh, Aberdeen versus Motherwell. It must be something wrong with your computer because they've come up alphabetically for me. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this. This is arguably the game of the weekend because um, you've got us in second place and Motherwell who are preparing for the League Cup final next week. Um, I think it'll be a very close encounter um, but I think we'll do enough. I'm going to go 2-1 Aberdeen but as you know we do not tip Aberdeen on the charity best to even go there. Sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't going to pack Aberdeen to run anyway. <laughs> I think this is too old. I think Motherwell are, de- are going to be desperate to get back on track because they've been pretty horrific since they beat Rangers in the semi. Um, they, they, when they, they, they had got cuffed, um, they were 3-0 down against Ross County and got it back to 3-2. Um, that's kind of the start of the rally. I think they'll continue that into this Aberdeen game. And it's going to be back to that game. Um, but I think Aberdeen will... Well, I mean, Aberdeen are, are likely to win, but I think Motherwell are, are just as likely to upset them. And obviously Motherwell were the team that knocked Aberdeen out of the, the cup in the quarter-final, was it? I think. Yeah, the quarter-final it was, yeah. Um, and it was a narrow was that narrow one nil in the league just a few days after. It was yeah, because what we did was we went to an ultra defensive performance, but it worked for us. Um, it was a case of like, let's get back to basics here. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we do similar rush tactics, but be a bit more open because we're at home. Um, but Stephen May needs yeah. a goal this weekend. I think he'll score this weekend for some reason. He's long overdue a goal. It's been two months now. Yeah, he's going to score at some point soon. Yeah. He has been creating them as well, so it's not as if he's been no good. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he could do a bit of goal himself. Now. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's 8 to 11 if you agree with John. Aberdeen will win. It's 29 to 10 if you agree with me, it's going to be a draw. And if you think Muller can win it, it's 33 to 10. 
Uh, and the final game of the weekend is Hearts at home at Partick Thistle on Sunday at 3 o'clock. Or is it? There's still a possibility this home. game might not go ahead. Yeah. yeah, there's some talk of the the, the office box not fastening its uh, safety certificate or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the probability is it will go ahead, um, that they will get us over the line, but what an absolute carry-on this has been. Um, because I actually remember Hearts played us um, last uh, last uh, December, um, just before the new um, the winter shutdown. That was supposed to be the last game front of that main stand, um, and then, but then that got put back, and then it was actually ironically against ourselves in May that it was the last game front of that stand, um, and it was supposed to be open in September which was supposed to again ironically against Aberdeen the first home game but that had to get changed to Murrayfield and the last game against Kilmarnock was supposed to be Murrayfield and it's just been a PR disaster I mean things were going well for Anne Budge for a while but between Cathro and uh, you know the having to ask Craig Levine to take over and this stand it's going to be a bit pear shape for her just now Yeah they did a bit of they're doing something good to happen, I think, because as you say, it's been a bit of us and it, Cathro, and then we've been taking over when they tried to get somebody else and nobody took it. And then this amazing front uh, stand was going to be a, some gorgeous thing and it looks like an office block. Um, and then there was that latest one that some of the seating was blocked with the, is it the police thing? What, the, the police control box or something control like that? Box, yeah, to yeah. be fair, Hearts, Hearts came out and said, we're going to move that. This is silly. So, I mean, it's just it was bad timing that the photos were taken and you could, couldn't see it because if we're going to move that control uh, box, then it won't be a problem. But yeah, I think the, the, the thing PR was... has been a disa- one disaster after disaster. My favourite one was the seats. What did we order? Yeah, that was a big. <laughs> I forgot to put the seat order. In that's the embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy for us to laugh, but for the club, you know, it's an embarrassing thing and. They need to get back to Ten Castle, but they also need to put, in a, a, put on a team that's good enough to win because right now they're not the last three games they've lost. They've not looked like playing well at all. Although it'd be fair against Kilmarnock, against Salves has a couple of chances and he wastes that and then Kilmarnock break up the other end and score. But um, they get injuries galore in midfield. They need to get some of these players back. But um, yeah, they need to learn to go back to defending again because their defence didn't look too cover the last couple of games no not at all so um, you would think that would be a strong point under Levine but not really at this present time so I wonder if his tactics are dated well I've seen a few people suggesting that but I don't know I, I, I don't think they're all that bad it's just been kind of errors more than anything else yeah yeah it's not so much a match I can control I'm going to go with a one all this one, wherever it's played, if it's played. Yeah. Oh no, they can't use Murrayfield because they're not internationals. So it's either got to beat Tynecastle this week or it's just postponed to whenever. Um, you can't switch it to you can't switch it to Fairhill because it's far too late for party right. to sell corporate tickets, etc. Um, yep. and, may, and you know get Stuarton, etc. for it. So yeah, hopefully it does go ahead. Because it would just be embarrassing. Maybe that's why Hamish is buggered off abroad somewhere again. <laughs> it's, it's time castle or bust, is what we're saying. 
Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm going to go three 0 default party this one. No, I'm not. I am. Not, <laughs> I, am. I, I, I think this will be tight. I, th- I don't think Hearts games are going to be anything other than tight for the most part this season. They're just unloving. But I'll go. I'll, I'll tip Hearts to win. I think, um, if, especially if they get back to Inca, so a bit of celebration. Um, so I'll take them for the two one. And it's four to five for Hearts to win this game. Fifty two to draw and seventeen to five. You think this will can spoil the party? Right. So as I mentioned earlier, the the Scottish Cup has pretty much wiped out the rest of the fixtures. We've only got the Dun United Falkirk game on Sunday and the Cowdenbeath and an Athletic game on the Saturday in the World Leagues. So uh, our first goal scorer bet is going to have to come from one of those two games, unfortunately. Um. <laughs> Any suggestions? Well, I don't know any player. It could be for Annan Athletic. Um, I'll be honest. Um, so, do we wait to the Sunday? The only one that um, steps in for me is possibly Scott McDonald. Um, I just fancy Dundee United in a first proper home game under Shabalazla to win this. Yeah, right, let's go with Skippy. I'm happy with that. Yeah. I'll go with Skippy. Yeah. Scott McDonald, Dundee United. First goal scorer, why not? Yeah, it's not quite worked out yet with Falkirk under Hartley so far. No, not that. Um, maybe we all Yeah, maybe he needs to tra- transfer and yeah. make a few wholesale changes. What's the one? Yeah. Um, In that case, when Dundee United are 20 to 23, I think we're probably both agreeing that's a reasonable option. So what if we went with that and come on, look? Yeah, well, does that return this? Right, as well as just do a double S that that is, Yeah, there's not a lot pick for him. So at £10 on come on, look, done you, you can double be 52 32 52 on a £10 stake, so we'd get £42 if I came in. Yeah. If we take that plus Scott McDonald's a first goal scorer, I think that's a fairly good bet, to be honest. That's fine. So all podcast eyes this weekend will be on Tayside. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. We'll see if the set of discovery discovers a new victory for us. Boom, boom. So, I don't know if you've got anything else. <laughs> no, that's everything. I think I've just ruined everything with that everything. tumbleweed moment. <laughs> no, I just moved on because I was thinking of uh, the slightly more solemn aspect of uh, the, the news this week. Because the one thing we haven't mentioned is uh, the sad news it was breaking in William Miller. Former Celtic and Hibs and Man United is uh, in a, a bad way with some form of cancer. I'm not entirely sure what it is. I've seen rumours suggesting a few things, um, but um, it's um, an unfortunate truth of the when what the Martin Hill's time at Celtic is one of the great times I remember at Celtic, um, and in the last few years. We've lost Tommy Burns, who was a coach under the uh, Douglas Burton back, who was there under a name as well. Hartson had his brain tumour, or his brain cancer, whatever it was, that uh, mm-hmm. he only just survived from. Uh, we had Petrov with his leukaemia, which he fortunately recovered from and pretty much ended his career. And we've now got William Miller as well. That's four people that were in that era that are, it was a great time for Celtic now that I've had some form of of cancer yeah it's frightening because Liam Miller's horrible I mean Liam Miller's my age <laughs> I know yeah 
Miller's my age. Yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, I had my own wee scare um, three years ago now, but you know, mine's was nothing compared to what these guys went through. Um, it, it's it, it's frightening. I mean, I know Miller got a bit of um, stick for his decision to leave Celtic after a few a few months to go down to Man United, but you wouldn't wish us and yeah. Your worst enemy. It's an absolute horrible, horrible disease, um, and you know, good luck to him. I hope he pulls through and and beats it. And you know, hopefully one day, the pit, um, will, someone will find can um, find a cure. I think there will that will happen one day. Um, oh yeah, I hope that sooner rather than later. But yeah, yeah. maybe maybe years in the future yet. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you say that you mentioned the the, the way Liam Miller left Celtic had been a bit of, under a bit of a cloud. But I mean, most people I know have kind of moved on for that. I mean, yeah, it's very hard to criticise Miller for it because he, he was a Man United fan. If, if, if your boyhood heroes come in for you and offer you a contract, of course you jump at the chance. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm half expecting Kieran Tierney is going to have the opposite problem in a few years and what. Like, People will come out and say, you know what, you've done all you can at Celtic, it's time you moved on and went somewhere else and you can earn more money and maybe go to a big team that's got a chance of winning what, the Champions League, for instance. I mean, let's just stop dearly going that far. But his heart, he's a Celtic fan, he's, he's a man that's playing for the team he loves. So you can imagine he'll have the opposite problem, whereas William Miller had a, an offer on the table for, for Man United. And of course he took it. It didn't work out for him, unfortunately. So. And, and his career was never the same so I mean the, the highlight of his career is very probably that 2003-04 season when I mean, he played for Celtic when he I mean he scored that goal against uh, Leon when it was about 40 passes above it was um, I think it was I think it was the opening goal or was it something it was the opening goal yeah it was the opening goal okay I mean it was it was one of the great Celtic performances and if anything, I think the underlight game that came after it was even better because there's not often you can watch Celtic in the Champions League and watch them blow away an opponent in 45 minutes. Celtic were 3-0 up in that game. Miller got one of the three goals. And his performance that night was outstanding. Um, obviously, underlight squad as well at French 3-1 the second half. But, um, I don't, to, to me, that, that was... That was the peak of William Miller's career. It's an unfortunate twist. I mean, he was never the same. Never really got a chance at Man United like he would have hoped. Um, eventually came back up, played for Hibs. He was never quite the same player. Uh, and it was a shame that his career went that way. But I, mean, I, don't, I don't have any ill feeling on how he left Celtic because I can kind of understand why he did it. It was disappointing, especially since we saw him through so many injuries and stuff. But, I mean... There's no ill feeling before this news, never mind after it. Yeah. And I really hope it does pull through and he has a, a long life afterward. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, he's, he's got his family to think about as well. Um, that'll hopefully keep him going. So, um, yeah, one of the rumours I'd read um, was that um, he, only had, he only had a few days and all the rest of it. But, you know, it's, I hope that's not true as well. Um, I just hope that he gets through whatever it is, he gets his chemotherapy and that does does what he needs to do and, and come out the other end. So, no, best of luck to him. Um, yeah. From someone who's been through some form of cancer, no, wish nothing but the best for him. 
I wish I had a happy note to end on, but uh, <laughs> hopefully the happy note is that Lamar does pull through. Uh, well, the happy note is it's good to hear you back. Um, I know I've taken the piss a couple of weeks um, saying we don't miss you, especially when Celtic played Aberdeen, but good to hear you again, mate. Oh, yeah, well done. You mentioned it. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I'm actually pleased to this entire podcast, but mentioning that 3 number one. Yeah. And that's all oh, we need yeah, to cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, uh, I would give credit when it's true that um, that was probably Celtic's best performance of the season. Yeah. In my book. Like, somebody, so I, I read, somebody tweeted, they were asking what was your favourite game of the, the 63 that Celtic set for a new record. And I thought, and I thought, well, it was a great moment of Rodgers win on the cup final. It was obviously thumping Rangers a few times, 5-1. But actually... One of the games I enjoyed the most was that game a few weeks ago at Petardi because it was just a terrific Celtic performance. Um, I'm a big fan of Kieran Tierney, as most Celtic fans are these days, and I thought he was outstanding that night. And it was just everything seemed to click. Like, Aberdeen could not live with Dembele, they couldn't live with Rodjick, and everything just worked so well to the point that Aberdeen, who have played really well this season, barely got a sniff. That to me was was peaks after this season certainly and it's one of the best games in the 63 yeah well I think and I think that's just... credit to Aberdeen that that was how it happened yeah well we've just in ended the podcast on a sour note <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty credit to Aberdeen here <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we, no we, we needed to rise to that yeah because that was a... other than that game we're unbeaten like. I know so it shows how well we've been doing it you're the only team that have beat us so um but yeah, hopefully we can win this weekend and keep the pressure up at least. Yeah, that's that's a goal for Aberdeen. There was yeah, it was disappointing losing to Celtic, but if you can keep pace, keep getting the results against everybody else, the next time the game comes down, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, cheers, Chris. All right, cheers, John, and we'll hopefully mm-hmm. talk to everybody next week, and we'll maybe have some more guests. Maybe I'll bowl more than one week. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll get more charity about winners. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that would be ideal. More 14 to 1, so that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, just, I, I should say, but I was, I was disappointed I never got on last week because Ed was on, but uh, I thought he did a fantastic job for his debut, so more than welcome to on any time. Definitely. All right, and on that note, let's say good night. Right, oh, cheers. Or whatever thing wants to us. Ciao. Yes. <laughs>